0: Yeah, because I always go, blah, English. It's so hard. My first language, but I can't English. (laughs) (laughs) Words are hard. (laughs) It's so true. Words are hard. (laughs) Words, hard, speaking terrible. And yet I have a podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome back quick trigger warning before we start. Today's episode involves mentions of red flags and dating violence. So obviously we're going to talk about examples of dating violence and abuse. So please take care. And if you're still here, you'll know that spring has arrived and we are in the mood for love. Or more accurately, we are sick as fuck of this freaking lockdown and this whole last year and you know, vaccinations are kind of going smoother than expected. I know, super low bar, but y- y- you got to celebrate what you got, right? And a lot of us people are like, yay, it's time to go out and socialize. You know, in a more than friendly type of way. You know, socializing. Because uh, apparently I think I'm like really funny. So there's so many bad euphemisms in this episode and I uh, I couldn't, I couldn't edit all of them out, even though I, I did try. Anyways, okay. Dating, especially online dating. Dating using apps. Swiping on your Tinder, uh, Reddit, whatever apps. App dating. Definitely super safe in every way, you know. Okay, that's it. Episode's over. If you'd like to write in, I wish. Look, a lot of us are thirsty. They are desperate to socialize, to go out there and meet new people and date and have sex, but preferably without getting, you know, murderized or stabbed in the butt by a crazy butt stabber or ending up in a toxic or abusive relationship. Or uh, the worst, a date who thinks the route to my heart is to buy me a cup of coffee. I mean, it's sweet. But I'd rather you donate those $3 to my coffee account so I can keep this podcast free of HelloFresh Ads, K O-fi.com slash Discussion. <clears throat> I know. I was really smooth about that. Anyways, moving right along, to help us crazy kids get back to our friendly socializing, today is all about red flags to watch out for when dating because I am also desperate for socializing and talking to someone other than myself, my cat, and my microphone, I'm bringing on two friends who also just so happen to have a double dating app, as in you date with a friend for safety. So with safety in numbers and red flags galore, let's get started. Podcast, you get my deep podcasty soothing voice on <laughs> get
1: it on get it on and welcome to the podcast you guys thank you so much for having us we are so excited
0: <laughs> I am so excited to have you can you please say hi uh introduce yourselves and like who you are and what you do because it's pretty awesome
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm Danielle, and um, this is my best friend, Julie. She'll get into herself um, as well, but I am the co-founder of Foreplay. Um, It is a double dating app um, where singles team up with their single friends and match with other pairs. Um, I'm actually a nurse who kind of changed careers and started this double dating app with my best friend, Julie, and we know each other um, from college. We both went to Penn State.
2: Yeah, and I'm Julie by default. So uh, I'm actually a physician assistant um, who also made the career shift change. I can't only really say change because we still practice yeah, in healthcare. Shift. So yeah. we just, we didn't replace, we made room. It's like when you have a baby and you're like, how am I going to have another baby? I love this baby so much. And people are like, your heart, it'll expand and there'll just be enough <laughs> love for everybody. Um, so I'm a PA part-time and full-time co-founder of Play with Danielle.
0: So I'm really curious, guys. Why'd you make the shift, um, make room for a second baby? I, I can't see the need for safety in dating, especially for <laughs> you know, people of color. So, like, well, what was the motivation? Okay. Very sarcastic there.
1: Love, <laughs> the way, love the way you asked that question because it's so obvious, right? It's like, for it's it's funny because our whole society has just agreed to meet strangers from dating apps and to just go out with strangers and like that's normal like that's the new normal right and so we kind of like understood that um, that's something that isn't going to change so if we're going to just agree that meeting people from the internet is the new norm that we should make it safer. Um, but to be completely honest with you, that was more of an afterthought um, because initially, yeah, it's, I know, I know, I'm spilling the secrets. Initially, the reason why we came up with foreplay was um, actually kind of a mistake. We did not intend on making a dating app. So I'll let Julie
2: tell the story behind it. Yeah, I wouldn't say mistake. I would say it was more of a surprise. We'll just keep with all the yeah. euphemisms of having babies. Right. That baby's not (laughs) a surprise. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was in I was in uh, grad school finishing up and was staying with Danielle for a few weeks while I did a rotation and we decided to be as social as we could be while I was in New York. So we made Danielle's dating profile, one that featured both of us. We said, swipe right if you have a friend and you want to go out. Um, double dates only. There were certainly guys who thought it was for threesomes. (laughs) Um, There were some shady characters on there, but we cleared that up right away. Um, And we just had a lot of fun with it. We were matching with people. We were creating group chats. We were just having so much fun. And all of our friends who were in relationships were so jealous. And we were like sending them videos of us going on to, you know, double dates and They were all like, oh, my God, like, let's know how it goes after. This is so fun. And the response we got was just so great that our families really pushed us to make it into an app because the guys that we were matching with were telling us to. A guy said, you girls should make this an app. Another guy said, like, this is so much better than all the other ways of doing it. So we just dove in head first and had another baby.
0: (laughs) your heart expands but does your schedule and does the hours in the day
2: and (laughs) does your anxiety and cortisol levels they all expand
0: does your budget (laughs) expand automatically with your heart
2: (laughs) these are all
1: no's. the only thing that we could make room for is the love in our hearts for this dating app but it is definitely a burden in many other ways but hopefully it will pay off in the future
0: okay i'm really curious who can use your app like what sort of people are like, you're like, hey, come over here and use this cool app. Who's it for?
1: So anybody can use the app. Um, There are so many different facets that make it appealing to different people. Like I think the fact that it's group dating makes it fun, makes it it great for dating because it's more fun for like the people who are like, oh, I'm bored of dating. I'm bored of the swipe right thing. I'm bored of meeting up with people who are a waste of my time. So it's definitely for the person who's kind of Um, sick of the dating scene. But then I also think with the safety piece, like it's really important for the person who hasn't felt comfortable um, using all of these dating apps that we all know of, like Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, um, because that person doesn't necessarily feel safe or that person is nervous uh, to trust. So um, we think that the, the buddy system part
2: of foreplay is appealing to that person as well. I want this to be for everyone. I think it's amazing for people who are widowed, for people who are divorced, for people who, you know, are survivors of domestic violence or sexual assault, for people who are gay, trans, like it's literally for everyone. We have a really big vision for Foreplay and it's beyond just being a dating app. It's an app. It's going to become a a club basically for singles who want to socialize and meet new people
0: to say, it doesn't like a really fun way to meet people. If I were dating, it definitely would be something I would want to look into. So it sounds really awesome. How does it work? If I were to right now, as you know, if I were single, just not, I'm not, but let's pretend I'm going to indulge my fantasy here. And Mm -hmm. I were to create a profile and go, I want to meet someone. How would I, how would I go about that?
2: Yeah, sure. So you sign up, um, you download the app from the app store. We're available for Android and iOS. You create your individual account, and then you send a request to a friend to be teammates. And when your friend accepts the request, you guys, then the two of you can create a shared dating profile. You put photos up of the two of you. You write a little description about yourself. You write a little description about what you're looking for. And then in your preferences, you choose other teams that you want to be shown and potentially match with. And your options are a select all that apply style, not a choose one. So you can choose men, women, transgender, non-binary, other. And we do see a lot of teams choosing more than one option, which I find to be really exciting because it's showing us that um, I think that partly it's romantic, and then in other teams they are writing that they're just looking for friends. And I love that people are open minded and looking to just make friends with anybody who's in the area. Um, so it's pretty cool. And then you swipe through like any other dating app, and when all four people all swipe right or give the thumbs up, it generates a match. And the two che- teams then have a group chat where they can get to know one another, and then hopefully go on a double date.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay enough with the business side let's get into some <laughs> let's get into some fun stuff or I mean I let's think do it's, it. yeah I think it's um because we all know that dating is incredibly safe no issues whatsoever no red flags never that might never indicate a problem or a person who maybe has some controlling narcissistic tendencies <laughs> so You know, because people at this point might be getting more into dating again, since we're kind of coming out of lockdown, why don't we talk about some red flags to watch for? And maybe if there's some juicy stories that you guys know you want to share, you want to spill some tea, it could be a lot of fun.
1: I can think of the juiciest story that Julie is going to tell. Julie, you know what I'm talking about. (gasps) I sure do.
0: And I'll analyze it for red flags. I love it. Hey, guys, jumping in really quickly here. So I want to do a little fun experiment with you. I'm, of course, going to be analyzing the story, looking for red flags that kind of stand out to me. I want you to do the same. and At the end, we'll compare notes. All right. No pressure. Just, you know, whatever stands out, maybe kind of file it away for the end. Ready, set, go. Oh,
2: there are so
1: many. But what's so scary about this one, I think what's so scary about this one is that there actually weren't that many red flags. Maybe if you really dive in, you can see, oh, that was like an undercover red flag. But Julie, would you agree this was like kind of a scary, like a a scary turnaround? Okay, tell her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, So I had this happen like a few days ago. So I'll make it very concise. Basically, we connected through another app, which is an audio only app called Clubhouse. It's becoming very popular. Um, And you go into rooms and it's like basically interactive radio, more or less. Um, So we had connected through that app and I thought he looked young. And when he had asked me on a date, I told him that I thought he may be too young for me. And he responded that, um, he's probably dated women older than I am. If that makes me feel any better. And when I asked how old he was, he said he, after I said, I was 29, he said he was turning 29. So I said, okay, that's fine. Um, we made plans to go out twice. Both times he was very flaky, um, non-committal to the first date. And then the second date canceled the day of, cause he had a lot of work to do. So we tried to reschedule for a third date. And he basically put a feeler out there that he might have to cancel again, because his job is very demanding. And he works in finance, and he doesn't really know his schedule until the day of. And um, the night before Sorry, the, the date, the narcissism was bubbling under the surface, it was bubbling, it was bubbling. I mean, I told him, I'll pencil you in for Wednesday. And he said, and I said, uh, you can let me know Wednesday, if you're still free. And he said, well, as of now, I'm free. And I said, okay, but my dating real estate space is limited. I work two jobs, I'm busy. So I'm not gonna put someone in my calendar who's telling me that they might cancel on me. So if, if you're free, then let's do it. And if not, then no sweat off my back. I didn't save my night for you. So basically what ended up happening was the night before the date, he was being very obnoxious. He was telling me that I should plan the date and we should break these gender norms and just was not being a chivalrous gentleman. I told him that I had no interest. I was busy. So the day of the date, he was becoming even more obnoxious. So I was with Danielle and I was like, why am I even going out with this guy? Like he's, he's not even like charming. Like I'm, I'm finding him to be really obnoxious. Like why am I even wasting my time? So we decided to cancel the date. And when he asked me out for a third time, uh, for a fourth time, I said, I think given our track record, we're probably not the best match and we should just go our separate ways. And he was like, fair enough. Go ahead, Danielle. You're timing, timing out. I
1: need to add a quick snippet, which is that we were in the middle of our work day um, working on foreplay. And Julie said to this guy, you know, she tried to do a cop out of canceling the date. She said, well, it's really rainy outside. So like, we're probably not gonna be able to go out tonight. Like it looks like it's well, the forecast is all rain. And he wrote back, because I'm not
2: doing indoor dining yet. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not there yet.
1: So he wrote back, well, do you know of any place that has like outdoor seating that's covered? And she was like, I I don't know. And I don't know if the place that we planned on is covered. And he was like, well, can you walk by and see? Which I thought, and I think we both agreed, was like really selfish. Like you're asking her, she already canceled the date. Now you're asking her if she can, in the middle of her workday, walk by the restaurant and see if it's covered. Like, who do you think you are? Absolutely not.
2: Yeah. My therapist would have a field day with that one. Then basically what happened was I have my settings on one of the dating apps a little bit younger because I have foreplay on my dating app profile. So if a younger guy happens to find out that I work at foreplay and wants to see what foreplay is. Okay. So, you know, maybe they're going to try foreplay as luck would have it. I come across the guy on the dating app, but he's 25, not 29. So I called him out. I sent a screenshot and I said, you're, you're my first official catfish. I thought you were turning 29. He spun it around on me saying that, um, that's connected to his Facebook and it hasn't been updated in a long time. And he starts to explain things and then he ends it with, it's really not that complicated. Um, and then Danielle, who's a undercover detective went on to LinkedIn, ancestry, ancestry.com, his employer's website and <laughs> like, literally everything and everything said that he was 25. Um, he lied to me about having a master's degree. Cause when I said, you know, it's kind of weird that you graduated in 2017. He was like, that's for my master's degree, but it was he, all a lie.
1: And he made her feel like an idiot. He was like, actually, I went to school for blah, 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 undergrad. And then blah, blah, blah for my master's. That's why it says this on my LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. It's really not that complicated LMAO
2: when I called him out saying you should really make sure that LinkedIn, your employer, your high school, ancestry.com, white pages, all uh, update their demographics on you. His response was, I'm sorry if you feel deceived, not sorry for deceiving you. Mm. Sorry if you feel deceived.
0: Yeah. I know know you, you were saying in the beginning, oh, there's not that many red flags. No, I, from the start, there were a lot of red flags. I mean, yeah, definitely a, person, like you called it Danielle narcissistic, but also that he was incredibly disrespectful and the whole push and pull you were describing where he kept like putting you off. That feels to me like someone who's pushing you to see how much you are going to take to kind of test the limits of your boundaries and then push past them to see when you will say stop. So Mm. it's someone who's clearly feeling out how far can I push this person and how much control will they give me right off the bat? Mm. That's a really big red flag to me. Okay, so now you know what I was thinking. What did you notice? Did you miss something that I didn't? Please tell me if I did. I want to hear from you. And if you're sitting there going, wow, I didn't recognize that, I mean, that's also fine too. It's kind of why you're listening to my podcast. We're here to kind of learn and grow together. Speaking of, let's get back to the learning with our lovely visitors. Let's go.
2: It's such a good analysis. And also, like, the lying is really scary. Like, like yeah. You how this, when this happened, I was like, okay, well, this is terrible, but also like point proven why you need foreplay because God forbid I had gone out with this guy. Who knows what he was capable of doing? He's really scary. (laughs) He's a pathological liar.
1: Right. He lied. He, he had so many lies and he was so confident. He didn't even feel guilty at all about lying. He basically gaslighted Julie and said, like, it's really not so complicated. You're, you're the idiot who can't figure it out that, I can't imagine like what else he's capable of
0: disrespectful very patronizing when caught in a lie would deny it gaslight turn it around play the victim really classic red flag for someone who's probably going to be who may be abusive to their partner can't say for sure because don't know the guy in them going off what you're telling me but these are all red flags that you see with people who enter cycles of power and control for sure
2: yeah. I mean, I really hope for his future partner that he's not an abusive partner. I really hope not. Um, but I'm a very passive person generally and I hate confrontation and I hate having situations like this. So it happened to me at a good time because it's in a time in my life where I'm becoming more empowered and more confident with more comfortable with conflict and more willing to speak up for myself. But had this happened a few years ago, I'm not sure I would have handled it the same way.
0: I mean, good on you for standing up for yourself and putting your foot down and saying no, because it really does feel like he was really pushing you to see, okay, how far can I get her to like go? Like, even if you had actually been like, okay, well, on my walk, I guess I'll just like go by this place. That would have been a huge sign to him. Hey, this is how far I can push her and get her to do what I want. That's a really, yeah,
2: that's scary. It is. Oh my god! Scary gosh. because we're trusting people. We're we're all trusting people. F- I mean, he was a bad egg, right? A bad example, but we're all trusting people that we meet online. And granted, I didn't meet him on a dating app, but I came across him on a dating app. He's on dating apps, you know. So right, it's right. scary. It is.
0: Although it definitely is a reason why we need to talk about more red flags for sure. So we've covered narcissism and like gaslighting, pushing boundaries. Here's another big one. I think people tend to normalize because our culture does it through everything. Love bombing. Grand displays of affection and grandeur. Beautiful, expensive gifts that maybe, oh, that's really cool, but I don't necessarily want. And I am thinking of how I met your mother, Ted Mosley, mostly whatever his name was, stole that French blue horn for Robin and was totally just like gaga with her, dude. And just watching this like red flag, red flag, red flag, run. This guy is just like,
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I feel like no one's ever done that for me. Like I feel like nobody has ever, no one's ever done that to me. So I don't know from personal experience what that feels like, but I think I had mentioned to you actually, that I had a friend who experienced that. And it was like, it was very, it's very deceiving because as an outsider, you're thinking my friend is getting treated so well my friend is in such good hands this guy gets her everything that she needs he he takes care of her he she needed a bike he got her a bike he got her the most expensive one with a helmet to boot you know what i mean like he he got he got it all and um it it wasn't until we got to know him a little bit better and did some investigation that we realized he was married and he was physically abusive towards my friend Um, But it's so crazy because stuff like that really makes you think, really makes everybody around you think that you're in like a healthy relationship because it's so, that's a a love language for many people. So it can look like it's a healthy way of communicating love. Well,
0: that's intentional because it's very easy for an abuser to maintain power and control over a survivor. If everyone from the outside is like, always telling the survivor, wow, they're so nice to you. They do these, they steal French blue horns for you. I mean, even in that show, How I Met Your Mother, when Robin's like, oh, he did all this stuff. He like got the key to my apartment, hired a band. It made me so uncomfortable. And she was telling somebody, like a professional, and the was like, oh, no one does that, honey. You ought to be flattered. Mm. So not only are we as a culture, you know, primed to be like, oh, I want this. Even you, Daniel, just said, well, no one's ever done that for me. And I was thinking, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> right. but we're primed to yeah. think that we want that. And that's a good thing. It's a show of affection. But in reality, that's a tactic used by an abuser to be like, yeah, you see, everyone is on my side. And then the survivor will think, no one will believe me if I turn around and say, hey, this person is now abusing me. Right. Completely
2: intentional.
1: Right. That's really interesting.
2: That is really interesting. That is certainly a red flag we have never discussed when we've been asked about red flags. And that's one that I'm now going to think about more.
1: And so how do you, how do you set the boundary early on, like with somebody like that to stop something like that from happening? Like, because I think if you try to stop that, and the person is receptive and says like, I'm sorry, that's just how I communicate love, but like, I'll stop. Then like, that's your answer. It's like, okay, then that, then that's like, a, that's, that's a, going to be a healthy relationship. But if, if the person refuses and says, I'm sorry, this is the way I show love and I'm going to keep doing it because you deserve it. Th- I think that's a little scary.
0: I mean, you, you basically nailed it right there. It's all about, I mean, You know, maybe someone does like to buy you flowers, and I'm not saying you know everyone who buys someone flowers is now automatically an abuser, right? I mean, I like getting flowers. I prefer potatoes, but flowers are nice too. Sure, (laughs) some potatoes. Um, But no, if, if you communicate, hey, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want that. You know, and they still try and go, oh no, 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 no. Or even more subtly, if you put that boundary and they try and crawl under it hop over it or slip around it like they give you flowers the first time and like a giant bouquet but next time maybe they give you like one little bud and then two and then three and like push back no bad someone who cannot respect your boundaries is not going to be a good long-term partner
1: Mm -hmm. yep totally
0: i think connected to that too is fantasizing about your partner And the bachelor is so bad about this. It's this like, they take a person, they idealize them. Oh, they're like the, what was one of them called? Like a Southern bell with a Greek goddess twist or something like that. Like they put them on a pedestal and everyone's like, oh, it's that person like, whoa. And they create this fantasy in their head that the reality can never match up to. And for an abuser, that is just not acceptable because an abuser will see that and then try and force them, control them to match that fantasy. So connected to the whole love bombing gifts, I would say be very aware of someone who idealizes you and puts you on a pedestal from day one because that is a really bad sign.
2: Oh, that's
1: so interesting. We have have another friend who... Definitely was put on a pedestal from the very beginning. And I mean, I do think that's like really suspicious because I think that when someone does that before they even really know you, it's like they don't really even care who you are. They just want you there. You're like an object. Yes. That they like want to like control and to be theirs
0: boom 100% it's objectification they have their idea of who they want you to be they don't actually care about you as a person they're like you'll, you you fit their mold that they're looking for and they will force you into that mold using power and control mm-hmm.
2: i think it's like the biggest red flag when a person that you're that you've been on like one or two dates with is coming off like obsessed with you it's like you don't even know me yet like chill yeah. there, there's something not right there mm-hmm. yeah
0: now again, the opposite of that of someone who like go does the whole ghost you for three days doesn't text you, like don't do that either. Like be right. a normal person, just be a normal person. Like right. all the of communication. And if you aren't sure, like, you know, I've even had friendships, close friends, so I was like, hey, like, you know, should we text like once a day, three times a week? Like, what's your comfort level? Just ask, what is your comfort level? Like, how often do you want to talk? Like, how often do you
2: want to communicate? I mean, it's all about that communication and healthy boundaries. Yep. Totally. It's funny because Danielle and I both have a, on um, a different dating app. Um, we both mentioned that we're not big texters and we prefer phone call to texting. And you, it, it's such a tell right away which guys are reading that and respecting it and which guys aren't even probably reading it. And they're just looking at the pictures and matching with you because we have both had guys who have said on the dates, like, yeah, you know, I know that you're not a big texter, so I try to respect that. And other guys who literally are blowing our phones up and we're like, dude, did you not read that I don't want this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I also wanna add to, in response to like the fantasy, putting you on a pedestal, be on the lookout for someone who tries to make comparisons. So someone who's like, oh, you seem so much better than my ex. She was a bitch or they were a bitch or yeah, you would never do that. Or the opposite, someone who says, oh, my ex was so fit. They were so smart. They were athletic. They were X, Y, Z, whether it's a positive or a negative comparison, whether, oh, you're better than them. You're not as good as them. Huge red flag because suddenly that's like a mental trick to get you to be like, I'm going to prove you right. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'll be better. Oh, I can never be like that person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like them telling you right off the bat, like, this is what I had and not what I wanted. And this is what I expect now and what I need. And then right off the bat it being about like what they need, like, this is what they need in this relationship. They explicitly told you, this is what I had before. This is what I need now. And then it's like, from the very beginning, it's all about like giving them what they want in a partner instead of being your true self.
0: Huh, so many red flags to look out for. It's almost like online dating is really dangerous in a lot of ways. Man, I wish there were an app where I could go with my friend who could call me when I was. And they were like, mm,
1: bad, 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 bad. Yeah, I spot something.
0: Yeah, like so something's not quite right about this. Okay, another red flag I want to cover is control because I feel like. It can be really sexy when you match with someone and they're like, they plan the whole date. They're like, we're going to go on a carriage ride and go get dinner at this one place. I'm going to order your food for you. And I picked up this really great wine. They order for you. No, I mean, it, it might sound like, oh, I don't have to do anything. However, if you don't literally do anything and they take care of everything, it's all about what they want. What happens when you say, I don't want that. I'm not in the mood for that. Or I don't like horses. They smell or I'm scared. What happens
2: then? Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Totally. You have to, you have to be honest about your needs and expectations on the first date because my therapist and I talk about this all the time. Um, I in the past tried to be really easygoing, like, no, whatever you want to do is fine. Like I'm, I'm cool. I'm chill. Whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm good with it. But then what happens on a day where I'm not good with it, right? And I want something else. And then the person's going to say to themselves, this is, where is this coming from? This isn't who she is. This isn't who she portrayed portrayed herself to be on other dates. So though I think I'm being genuine and really myself, I'm not because no one has no needs. We all have needs, right? And we all have preferences. So you you have to like show that you want to do something or not. First of all, if a guy I ever tried to order for me on a date, I would get up immediately and be like, this Ew. is over. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> like, bye Yeah. Like, absolutely not. No, thank you. No, thank you.
0: Yeah. And, and again, it's not like if, if a guy if a guy took me out and was like, hey, I'm going to order you this dish and you really need to try it. It'd be like, okay, you can do that. I'm also going to order what I want to order and you can pay for that if I hate it. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. try it, but I'm also <laughs> going to get what I want too, right. you know? Uh-huh. And also that goes back to what we're saying before about how if you just met someone, how can you plan like a surprise day with all this stuff if you don't know anything about them unless, and this gets into a little bit of stalking the next big red flag. They looked at your social media. They combed through all your profile pics, your past history, everything on your timeline and figured out everything about you, which is also a huge red flag.
2: So So Danielle is a walking red flag then. (laughs) (laughs) I I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. And
1: I feel like I feel like the reason why I do it is Not so that I can like make the person think that like, so I can deceive the person into thinking that like, I like the same things as them or I want to, I have similar preferences. That's not why I do it. I think I do it because of a sense of um, anxiety that I have, like going into a date and not knowing anything about the person. It makes me feel better to have like, to have collected some data. So that I can like go in and and feel like more comfortable with who I'm going out with. So it's a little different for me.
0: You're <laughs> the you're the opposite of <laughs> Meghan Markle, Miss Meghan Markle. Oh, I'm not gonna Google like
1: the Prince Henry.
2: Bullshit. Of- come on, one hundred percent Googled him. How
1: do you not Google you him? Never Googled him.
0: Like Megan, like Megan, girl, you're gorgeous. But like, come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on Megan, come on, Like, I mean, and yes, and thank you for um, clarifying that point, Danielle, because. The situation I'm more thinking is, do you guys remember the other uh, book and the series You on um, Netflix? Yeah. 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 So let's say um, I show up to... Um, like, meet someone and they happen to choose a restaurant that I really like or that is a cuisine I like. And they happen to be like, Oh, you like this thing? I also love it. Oh, you like this thing? I also like it. Maybe they looked in my timeline and saw, like, I started doing triathlons three years ago. Oh, I'm planning on doing an Ironman. They just drop randomly, that kind of thing. So, not, not like you want to figure out, like, you know, who they are as a person. You're curious, you have anxiety, but has this person dug through your past? to match themselves to be more palatable to you? Are they trying to make themselves, yeah. Like, are they pulling a Joe to to your back? Are they trying to make themselves like so much like you that you're like, oh, it's too good to be true. If you ever think too good to be true. Yeah, it is. Run screaming now. Yeah, Like, like, and scream top of your lungs too. So everyone knows what's going on and they're going to be like.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's so important to like tell your friends this kind of stuff because it's so easy for the person. If the person is manipulative enough and good enough at what they do, it's so easy for them to change your mind. If you're like nervous or apprehensive. And so like telling your friends, this is how I'm feeling so that your friends can help you and hold you accountable is very important.
0: Oh yeah. For sure. Cause in the moment, especially if there's alcohol or like maybe you smoke at a joint, it's really easy to be like, well, I was feeling kind of nervous. I had some red flags or I helped. Had, I had a gut feeling it was bad, but maybe I'll just go with it. Cause I'm like having a good time. I, I I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. I think we all
0: are. Well, because you want to seem cool and sociable. Like I'm chill. Especially mm-hmm. when you're like, I was really uptight when I was younger. I'm still kind of considered kind of uptight. So,
2: (laughs) you do not have an uptight vibe at all.
1: At all.
0: (laughs) You guys are really nice. But growing up, I was, I was, the people thought I was so straight laced and just like, don't tell her any cool shit we did because she's just like (laughs) so (laughs) uptight and she'll like judge you so hard. And I probably did. I mean, I was raised in a very Republican conservative household. So, okay, I I can see it. I'm guilty as charged.
1: (laughs) They were like, don't let her mom find out.
0: Don't let her find out. She'll tell her mom, and her mom will judge us.
1: Right?
2: <laughs>
0: the judgment of an immigrant Chinese mom. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, I also want to bring up jealousy. That's a big one. Ooh, big red mm. flag.
1: Such a big yeah. Red
0: flag. Yeah. Okay. I, I see your eyes. Like, is there a story there?
1: And no, I feel like I've never. I, it's like again, it's like I'm lucky. I've never had. I've never had someone be particularly jealous. Um, although, although so I did. I did kind of actually. You know, I did kind of. I had a really weird relationship when I was um, in high school, going into college. And, um, it was weird because in many ways, I think it was like emotionally abusive. Like it was certainly traumatizing to me, but, and this is me saying, but, and this is me saying, but, which is like, I mean, Danielle,
2: you you showed me the emails a few weeks ago. It was hundred percent abusive,
1: but
0: I'm giving you a look right now, but at the same time, uh,
1: like, but he, but he was not well, he was not well. Spoiler alert. That does not make it okay to abuse your partner i know i know i know and looking back on it i i actually don't think i ever knew in the moment that he was not well it's only after the fact that i'm like wait was he was he schizophrenic like was he bipolar like there are, now i look back and i'm wondering you know what was the um the pathology like there was something going on but um, but yeah, he was very jealous, very jealous and would and and would like take everything to the extreme. So if I talked to another guy in passing, like I shared my notes with someone from class, he would be like, Why don't you go fuck that frat guy? Like, what like why don't you like you're like w- why don't you just be a slut and fuck that frat guy? Like he would, he would take it to the extreme.
0: Yeah, we don't know
2: who is abusive, Danielle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's emotional abuse, girl. That's like that's like the stereotypical example I use when I talk about jealousy and emotional abuse. Is that right there? And it's a stereotype because it's really, really common. Yeah, for a reason. God, I'm so yeah. sorry. That sucks
1: you know I, I don't think I even realized until very recently like even having a conversation with Julie maybe like a month ago or less like that I was like wait this was really not normal behavior it, was it really wasn't
0: yeah
1: I read Julie like some emails that he wrote me he would like write me really bizarre emails um
2: and yeah and I, I think the jealousy was a really big thing you visited him at, in school and he didn't speak to you for an entire weekend. Yeah, he didn't He didn't speak. He,
1: he didn't speak. He was like, he was mute. Like he did not speak to me the whole weekend.
2: Oh, cold shouldering,
0: emotional manipulation, isolation. Yeah, it's, he's playing, he's playing with your emotions to get something out of you or in response to something you did that he didn't like. It's controlling. Right. behavior.
1: Right, and I think what's really interesting also as I'm talking, I'm realizing I'm saying, yeah, but he wasn't well. Like there was something wrong. There was something going on. But it's like, well, there's something going on and there's something unwell about anybody who does that. Like exactly. nobody who does that is well. Exactly.
0: I'm so sorry that happened to you, Danielle. It sucks. Thank you. And thank you for sharing and feeling comfortable sharing that example. I know that must be really hard.
1: Yeah. Thank, thank you.
0: So yeah, jealousy is a big red
2: flag. <laughs> it It's yeah, a bad one. Yeah. Such an unattractive quality in a person, not even a romantic partner and a friend and anybody. It's such an unattractive quality when someone is jealous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although I feel like I do want to clarify, jealousy is normal and it's okay to have jealous emotions and to express them with someone. But like, for example, if you have a partner who is friends with their ex, so Personal story, my husband is still friends with his exes. One of them came to our wedding and this girl that he had a serious crush on most of his life uh, uh, was actually his best woman, right? And the three of us are very close. We had a game night with all of our mutual friends uh, like a week or so ago. Like, I love these women. They're really great women and they've always wow. been in our lives, right? Now, at first I was like, "That that's weird because our culture mm-hmm. says you can't be friends with your ex. However... If this person is someone that you trust and who respects you, and they say to you they're just friends, there's nothing there. You either take them at their word and know it's true, or they are lying, and don't be with them. Right? Like that's mm-hmm. I think how it should be. Huh. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, uh-huh. I got a lot of thought there. My point being that. It's okay to have jealous feelings. I certainly did. And it took me a while to get over them, especially with one of these women. However, my husband was very honest that they were just friends. There was nothing there anymore and it worked out. And if that's the case with someone that you're dating, that should hold true as well. And if you really aren't comfortable, then maybe the person's not right for you.
2: Right. Yeah. And I think also-
1: Oh, go ahead. I think also like jealousy is totally natural but it's not okay if somebody makes, makes an ultimatum because they're jealous. You have to stop being friends with him. You have to stop being friends with him or this is over. I don't want you to study with him anymore or this is over. Like if, if they are trying to control your behavior because of their jealousy, that's totally different than somebody just like being jealous and communicating that they're jealous.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, Julie, what were you gonna say?
2: I was gonna say there's a big difference between someone who's a jealous person <laughs> And someone yeah. who is jealous sometimes. My bro, I don't know if I'm if I'm defining it correctly. So if I'm not, I apologize. My brother always says he's like, I'm not jealous, and envious. I don't begrudge you for it, but I envy you that you have that. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, I could see that. So, I, like to summarize, like um, like in my example. You know, I had jealous feelings because I'd always been prepped growing up. You know, your partner cannot be friends with their ex, and if they are, it automatically means that they're going to cheat on you. They're still going to love that person and leave you for them. And so that was my insecurity kind of playing up, right? And that and that's like I think that's a reasonable, normal level of jealousy. Like, hey, I'm Definitely. I'm scared you're going to leave me, and she is really cool, and that's okay. And I communicated mm-hmm. that, and we worked through it. What is not an okay level of jealousy is when someone, like you said, Danielle, is like uses it as a tool of control and isolation especially isolation if they start saying you can't see your friends your family your exes anymore then suddenly you're isolated huge red flag. huge red flag yeah all right so part of dating you might start to get a little intimate you might decide you want to i'll pick a euphemism share a park bench it's on the same park, man. <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> that's, this is going to go downhill fast. I can already tell why that. <laughs> we might have to change our example halfway through if it gets too raunchy. <laughs> I actually want to lead into um, a title that's kind of haunted me for a few years. It actually came after the Aziz Ansari scandal. Um, where he like sexually harassed um, a woman who came over and it was reported in Babe. Like we all all know it, right? But a New York Times writer actually wrote an opinion piece, I think it was where she said, Aziz Ansari is guilty of not being a mind reader. And I was like, bitch, please. I know, bitch, please. Because guess what? Our culture, we do not teach affirmative consent. So guess what, buttercup? If you go on dates and you meet people, you're going to have to be. You're going to have to read their body language, read their mood, and ask for affirmative consent. And if there is even the slightest hesitation, you need to back off right away. Because guess what?
2: Absolutely.
0: We are not taught to stand up for ourselves as women yeah. and as GEMS. Yeah. We are taught to be passive, polite, accommodating. So when it comes to getting intimate and sharing our park benches, Saying no, especially when someone's like, yeah, I want to, it's really, really difficult. Yeah. So guys, please elaborate. Sorry. Go on.
2: It's it's difficult and it's uncomfortable.
1: It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it really, really is. And there are just, there are are women, I think a lot of women feel that there are expectations of them and that's really sad. And I definitely think that I fall into that category of women. Um, you know, we all have heard of like different rules. It's like, oh, well, like the three date rule. Like, you know, if he's gone on three dates or, you know, if he's ta- or if he's paid for you all three times. Like there's so many things that make us think that we should and something that I um, learned in therapy that I love that I, I can't stop repeating this is don't shit on yourself. There's no should, there's no should. It's all a personal thing. There's no standard that we can hold ourselves to. It's a personal thing. Now, what I think is a challenge is that um, it's it's awkward to have an explicit conversation with a guy on a date, especially if the topic of like sleeping together hasn't come up. It's awkward to be like, "Hey, these are my feelings about it." I mean, you you aren't in the middle of the conversation, so like, how 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 is that topic going to get brought up? So how do we like establish an understanding? It's, it's kind of a shame that it has to happen like in the moment, like when, when clothes are coming off or when kissing is happening, it's like, is there a way that it can happen before?
0: Yes. And it should happen before. Okay. So, so in response to all the people and the bro dudes who are like, well, I I don't want to talk about consent because it's not sexy. Okay. You know what? If you are not mature enough to talk about sex, you Are sharing your park bench? You should see it fell apart. You should not be sharing a park bench. And here's the thing. I don't I mean, I get it, but part of me always gets so confused when people are like, Oh, it's so awkward and uncomfortable, and I just can't do it. Well, how else are you going to know what people like? How else are you going to know what their limits are, what their triggers are? Okay. And again, I like I'm kind of shit on myself here because I've I've been there. I've had a hard time setting my boundaries, but if you want to have sex with someone, if you want to share your park bench, you got to talk about it beforehand. You got to say, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? I think it was Dan Savage um, of Savage Love who actually was like golden talk with gay guys. Yeah. What are you into?
1: Right. And guess what, guys? I love Dan
0: Savage, he's local. But if you are having the conversation about what do you like, what are your boundaries? The chances are they're probably gonna have sex with you. They're gonna share the park bench. So yeah, it's kind of on Cockwood uncomfortable, English words, hard, difficult. Un- Uncock word. <laughs> 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 like, there. intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to talk about. However, it has to happen before the clothes come off, at least like a very brief, like, Hey, have you been tested recently? Like, you know, have, you know, within the three month window you know, what are your boundaries? Are there any hard nose or things that are triggering? Do you have a safe word? Right. And then it, it can also be like, what are you into? You know, do you like kissing me there? Would you like this? And it can be part of the foreplay, make it part of the foreplay name drop. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah just because it's an awkward conversation doesn't mean it's one that you avoid. Usually the hardest conversations are the ones that you have to have. Yeah. And I think that there are red flags that I have come across in my dating life when I have, you know, it's been three dates or whatever, and we do go back to the person's apartment, and it does become physical. And I say, you know, I'm, I'm not like we're not sleeping together. I'm not, I don't do that, mm-hmm. um, just because it's been three dates. And the response is sometimes, I mean, usually they're respectful and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think that was an option. Like I wasn't thinking about that. But sometimes I get the ah, uh, like the gender role, us, like society's like pressure on us that you can't sleep with someone too early because it's going to like th- them trying yeah. to manipulate it where it's like, Gotta I'm not going to think about. of you differently. I'm not going to think of you differently. If we have sex, I'm still going to be into you. It's not going to ruin anything. It's like, okay, that's a red flag. Yeah. Like, that should yeah. not be the response.
1: It's also like, then. it's also like you're making me open up about something potential potentially vulnerable. Like- you might be, You might say to somebody, I'm not sleeping with you, with you tonight. And um, they might say back, yeah, but it's not, it's not a big deal. I'm not gonna think of you any differently. And your- Coercion,
0: sexual coercion.
1: Might not be because you think they're gonna think of you any differently. It might be because of other things. It might be because of trauma. It might be because you have your period, who knows? But you then have to explain yourself and you shouldn't have to explain yourself.
0: Seriously. It's just, I really hate that our society is like, oh, women owe sex if like men pay for us or if like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. This is why I'm such a huge advocate for enthusiastic consent, having the talk before you get anywhere close to being able to actually share your park bench, because going in with those clear boundaries and expectations tells you a lot about the person, right? And again, if the, it's like, oh, this is too awkward to have it, probably shouldn't do it, Yeah. right? Again, I know it's so hard and it's awkward. I'm not trying to like shame anyone who's like, I'm so scared to talk about this, but maybe that's a sign that you're not ready and you should be respectful of that.
1: Right, right. Great point.
0: Yeah. Any ending thoughts or like a place to kind of...
1: Yeah, I I guess I would just say that's, I think that like what you're doing is really empowering. And I think that that, um, you're super relatable. Um, and I I appreciate that we're having this conversation, and you're kind of getting some wheels turning for me, so I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, me oh, too. I, I echo that.
0: I love it. Also, I think we should plan another meeting where we open a bottle of wine and then like bitch about Fifty Shades of Grey and like the red flags and domestic violence and how it misrepresents the kink community because I am like on the outskirts of the kink community and the BDSM community. Oh my god, they fucked it up. <laughs> That could be like a really fun thing if you ever wanted to get together for that. I'm I'm always down to bitch on bad consent and rapey, sure. yeah, bad DV and stuff. So. <laughs> so let's wrap it up then. So I'll let you guys go. Thank you
1: so much for meeting with me, guys. This has been such a fun talk. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so glad we met and we're open to talking any other time also
0: oh yeah we'll have to schedule uh, a wine date where we just bitch about the lack of consent in 50 shades of gray yes. and just completely shit on it and how they just misrepresent kink and bondage and all that disgusting like toxic misogyny blah 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 blah
1: so 100 <laughs> percent
0: that could be, be next time so until then
1: have a great day it was so great you to meet so much. you much you too okay have a good one Bye.
2: bye
0: All right, you crazy kids, have fun on your romanticizing. Hopefully, today's episode has armed you with a few more tools you will need to avoid uh, the people out there who may be trying to take advantage of you, may be looking to objectify you, and may be really bad for your life. And I hope you guys stay safe out there. Maybe consider foreplay because, you know, it's hard to make friends as an adult. Dear Lord, it's hard. And it's a really interesting way that you can have a safe, happy, and healthy time. Of course, hopefully staying safe from COVID as well. And with that, we are going to end this episode. If you have any questions or comments, please write in at... The discussion at gmail.com. We are also on blah, 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 all our Instagrams. And please, if you have a few bucks, donate to my coffee account, ko slash fi forward slash dvdiscussion, because I want to keep myself from begging HelloFresh for an ad space. We all have stories, and they deserve to be heard. I'll see you next time. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. You can also visit their website, thehotline.org. If you identify as an abuser or are worried you might be an abuser, please call the hotline as well. They'll be able to help you. Please remember, you're not alone.